What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Matt Lee. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod, Pod Yourself The Wire. Wire. A The Wire podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Wire and, and talk, talk about, about it. it. Want to thank everyone out there listening to the world's only The Wire podcast, The Wire, a show about how neither Jeffrey Epstein nor D'Angelo Barksdale killed themselves. Hmm. Yeah. Did you know? Uh, give us five stars in review on all the, uh, you know, podcast apps. And, uh, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want to see what Vince looks like. He does not look as Italian as he sounds. You actually don't it's sound true. Italian. I sound very Italian. Yeah. I mean, hey, you're, I'm podcasting. Oh, hey, you gotta, gotta eat the gabagool. You know, that's that's what you're always yeah. saying. Um, and you're always talking My about. My famous catchphrase. Yeah. Mot- Sorel, you say that a lot. Um, so yeah, do that, and then also, uh, you know, if you are on uh, Reddit, uh, R pod yourself the wire. It's pretty great. Okay, today we're going to be talking about from season three of The Wire, episode eight, moral midgetry. And our guest today, oh, ladies and gentlemen, we got a great guest. He, you know him from the wonderful podcast Behind the Bastards. It is time to introduce, for the first time on this podcast, Mr. Robert Evan. What? What? What up? Uh, I'm I'm doing good. Uh, since since Vince is also Italian, uh, I wanted to know how you feel about this, Vince, because I've been trying to recuperate the the word "dago," which which mm-hmm. is a an old old timey racial slur against Italians. Yes. Um. Because as a as a man in comedy, I, I feel the need to be able to say a bad word that I, mm-hmm. I other people 100%. shouldn't say. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I think I'm bringing it back. No. I, it yeah. Back. It's time to reclaim dagos. Mm-hmm. My dago. Yeah. <laughs> My dago. <laughs> yeah. I say wop mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, WAP's like, a good one. WAP's WAP fun. sounds it sounds more mm. offensive because it's uh you know, hard it, P. Yeah, yeah, hard yeah. P. It's percussive. Whereas Dago, it's kind of like sing songy, which is you know it seems it's too to it's it too close fun. to Dayo. As in daylight come and you want to go home. <laughs> you want to go home. Yeah. So I, I've, I it doesn't. Mm. I have been considering when podcasting uh, finally dries up as an industry, like putting together a stage show, going to the gathering of the jugglos every year, covered oh. in like glow in the dark face paint, and I can be like the day glow dago. Seems like a plan. For some I reason. love this, this new rebrand mm-hmm. where you're like, hey, you know, you got to make jobs where you can make them. Mm-hmm. I like that. 
Yeah, I, I think know. you would have to do a lot of to, a lot of explaining to the gathered jugglers what a dago is. <laughs> Sit down and like read them a book about Ellis Island. Like, ex- <laughs> explain <laughs> the origins of whiteness and how they shifted over the 1800s. Gather round and let me regale you with tales of the ethnic white. <laughs> oh, there was a day when they weren't white, and oh boy, did they rue the day. See, it's they a shifting came. scale. Yeah, exactly. You know, mm. that's the thing. You know, there's different shades of brown in Italy, so you never mm-hmm. know how white one can be. Well, now mm-hmm. it's all white to me. Mm-hmm. That's it's kind of like it. the MDMA that you buy at the gathering of the Juggalos. <laughs> it, it it varies in color. From <laughs> yes, but at the end of the day, it's still a lot of fun. Makes you dance, yeah. and sometimes mm-hmm. is violent because Italians yeah. are violent. Yeah, <laughs> I can say that some of my best friends are Italian violent people, like Vince. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Robert, you, uh, do you like The Wire? I love The Wire. Okay, sick, sick. Good start. Mm-hmm. Asked and answered. Yep. Mm-hmm. Here's another interview question, because we do an interview with every guest uh, up top with lots of hard-hitting questions. Um, who do you think the biggest bastard is on The Wire? Hmm. Biggest bastard on The Wire. Yeah. Hmm. I always forget his name, but the guy that I'm consistently angriest at is like the old police chief dude. Rawls. The, the Rawls. Rawls. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rawls. Yeah. Um, yeah. That he he's the one who like pisses me off most consistently. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Like I, I I definitely three in seasons three and four when I watched it the first time really disliked Marlo, but I, I came around on Marlo by the end. They, yeah, he, same. He, I was sympathetic to him by by the the end of the show. Yeah, no, I I didn't like him either. I, there was like a part of me originally not liking him because he came in and he started hurting all my friends. Yeah, yeah all my mean. all my guys I like. Yeah, yeah. And I was <laughs> like, why is he so mean to my favorite guys? Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, I I didn't like him because he felt kind of mm-hmm. one dimensional. Like you know, there's a show where there's a lot of nuance. There's no real like bad guys. And mm-hmm. I was like, why did they just decide to create like a, like a bad guy, like a mm-hmm. guy who's yeah. just, he's just bad. But upon rewatch, I've decided that I like Marlowe a lot. Mm-hmm. I like that he is a perfect combination of Stringer Bell's business acumen. Yeah. Uh, and Avon Barksdale's, uh, I just want my corners, man. You know what yeah. I mean? It's mm-hmm. a, it's uh he's a nice hybrid of both of them. Also, he's hot yeah. and he has cat eyes. He mm. is hot. He does have cat eyes. I've come to identify with him more. You know, once upon a time, I had I I just did podcasts, and now like I I run a network of podcasts. Yeah. And 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 like Marlo, I find myself wanting to do the podcasting equivalent of just beating up two random drug dealers on the street in order to feel alive again. <laughs> Oh, if we could do that. Mm-hmm. You, you and Sophie at the at a meeting yeah. at the end yeah. of the se- series, and yeah. you're just like we just... wearing a suit. You're with iHeart executives, and you're like, I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta get out of here. And I, then just, you just... I just leave and kick the shit out of Will Arnett. <laughs> you gotta find one of the Pod Johns and just make him piss blood for a month. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Heavy is the crown, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you yeah. wear that crown. Heavy mm-hmm. are these hands. Yeah. yeah. Will Ferrell cuts me just a little bit, and I remember what it was like to want to live. 
<laughs> just in a holding cell screaming my name is my name but it's also robert evans the producer's name <laughs> our name is our name um but this is not a podcast about uh robert evans the producer of such movies like the godfather mm. i think no he would fit in with a decent chunk of this cast oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. yes no he would be like mcnulty's best friend at the bar mm -hmm. who's just do running plays to try and get pussy mm -hmm. be pretty great uh no but this is a the, wire do the one about how we're casting a film <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the only one he ever does that's his favorite yeah. uh and we cannot of course start the podcast without first playing the theme song Pod. <laughs> Pod. Pod. Podcast. Pod. Podcast. The Irish. Pod. <laughs> Season three. All right, ladies Beautiful. and gentlemen and everyone else. Today, once again, we're going to be talking about from season three of The Wire, episode eight, Moral Midgetry. And this episode came out November 14th, 2004. Uh, Vince, wow. can you make up a synopsis off the top of your head? Yeah. Uh, Stringer Bell is running into some trouble as he tries to become a real estate developer. That's Avon's right. running into some trouble as he runs into Marlowe on the corners. And McNulty is running into some trouble when he tries to ingratiate himself with someone in the county by being racist, only to find out that uh, that guy, he's big into interracial marriage. Yes, which is officially makes you not racist. Um, that's a beautiful synopsis. And once again, I am very impressed with your ability to do that off the top of your head. But uh, Vince, what was happening at the time that this episode came out? That's right. I think what you're trying to say is we can't evaluate any art divorced from its cultural context. We got to put some of that cultural context back in. Uh, and we do that with something that we like to call the back in the day machine. It's a bad time for newspapers. The news hole is shrinking as advertising dollars continue to decline. There ain't no back in the day. Machine tells the tale, son. That's right. We're going all the way back. November 14th, 2004. Mm -hmm. mm. I was in college. It was, it was my the first, fall. first year in college. Leaves were changing and so was Matt. I was changing. I was changing mm -hmm. into a non-virgin. I wow. think it was my sophomore year in college. Uh, yeah. I think this was the year I started playing World of Warcraft. So oh. the, the yeah. next three years are kind of a blur, but yeah. <laughs> big, big news for everybody. Um, some of the things that were going on, uh, big week of resignations. Colin Powell, uh, he uh, resigned along with three others in the cabinet. Uh, he, the is resi he resigned his place as Secretary of State. Uh, expected to be replaced by Condoleezza Rice. Mm. Uh, you know, he decided to help get us into that war, and uh, as soon as it started to go bad, he was like, you know what, I'm out of here. I'm, yeah, uh, yeah that's good, man. You know, he saved face, and now everyone loves Colin. Do people talk about Colin Powell anymore? I felt like he just kind of disappeared into the dustbin <sighs> of history. 
Like people are definitely still mad at him, but uh, yeah, I haven't seen a revival yet. He well, had... there was some there was some mean obituaries when he died. He didn't die. Did yeah. he die? Yeah, he's he's dead. I think. Pretty sure Did he's Colin dead. Colin Powell died. I don't he know. He done ever... been dead. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah, I know. I it's that. it's it's set. No, I already poured one out for him for Ashcroft. You know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, I have. I actually have a closet full of forties of steel reserve uh, for each member of the Bush White House, <laughs> just ready to go. It's <laughs> just ready. They're labeled. They got names yeah. on them. And it's not to like pour it out in their honor. It's that you drink it, you chug it, mm -hmm. and then you go and piss on their grave. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! Uh, well, he did die. That's crazy. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. dead. Yeah, he's dead as hell. Twenty twenty one. As hell. In was other... he a COVID death? Is that uh, what got him? It, I think he was cancer, but could oh, have been a wow. uh, complicating factor, if I remember right. I'm looking it up. I want to see how this yeah, motherfucker... What, what, <laughs> it was probably from the jab, let's be honest. It was yeah, the it jab. Was the jab. Yeah. Died suddenly. I always <laughs> knew that's what would get him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, other political shakeups going on uh, in November 2004. Boris Johnson... Boris Johnson was sacked from the Tory front bench last night after his fresh allegations about his private life. Uh, the, the, the MP for that him. That, sentence, that sentence was too British for me to understand what you said. They did yeah. what to his sack? Uh, just, just wait. Uh, the MP for Henley, an editor of The Spectator, was relieved of his duties as shadow arts minister and party vice chairman. Oh, I'm sorry, they have a shadow arts minister? <laughs> yeah. Is that like someone who's like behind the scenes doing the real art? Or is it like puppets, light puppets that you do with your hands? Uh, you got me, but... All right, don't uh, look it up. That's fine. Yeah, no. What? Shadow Arts Minister is the dopest sounding uh, liberal art, arts degree that you can get at Tisch. Yeah. He uh, was apparently having an affair with spectator columnist Petronella Wyatt, which is exactly as British as I imagine someone uh, <laughs> having an affair with Boris Johnson. Oh, is you having God. an affair with Petronella yeah? <laughs> that's not a real that's not a real person name uh, most, most brits aren't oh speaking no. of real people so this all this all i was like well i don't remember boris johnson having an affair and so it led me to like the relationship section of his uh wikipedia page he was married a married father of four at this stage uh, uh between 2000 and 2004 johnson had an affair with petronella wyatt uh resulting in terminated pregnancy and a miscarriage in april 2006 uh, the News of the World alleged that Johnson was having an affair with Guardian journalist Anna Fazakerly. Another fake name. Not real. <laughs> um, Anna Fazakerly. Anna like, like, Fazakerly. That's like, that's like if you, you get pulled over, you don't have your ID on you, but you've got like a fucking eight ball in your pocket yeah. and the cop asks your name. Uh, for Zachary. Yeah, yeah. Anna oh, for. For exactly. How how is it spelled? You know, like it sounds. Yeah, it's it's, it's spelled for exactly like it sounds. Uh, in 2009, Johnson fathered a daughter with Helen McIntyre, an arts consultant. In 2013, the Court of Appeal discharged an injunction banning reporting of his daughter's existence. The judge ruled the public had a right to know about Johnson's quote reckless behavior. There had been specula speculation that he might have had another child from an extramarital affair. <laughs> uh, uh, due to an appeal judge stating in 2013 the father's infidelities resulted in the conception of children on two occasions um, 
Fuck yeah. In 2021, he said he had six children. Uh, anyway, the, the, the long story short, he actually didn't get divorced from the woman he was married to oh, uh, sure. until 2018. So he had mm. like four public affairs and I forget, I don't know how many children with the other lady. I love but, that uh, in Britain, like that, like you look at Boris Johnson as an American and you're just like, that guy can't possibly have fucked. But in <laughs> England... They're like, oh, that's well, that's a solid seven, yeah. He's got twice as many teeth as the yeah. national average, yeah. don't he? Yeah, I've seen him chew bread. He chewed <laughs> in his teeth, did not fall I, out. I do, you know, right, it, crusty may, bread. It was. Maybe one day AI will be advanced enough that we can insert Bojo into the scene where. Uh, uh, McNulty and, uh, and uh, his partner are talking about infidelity in the uh, in the yeah. hotel room. Yes, <laughs> and McNulty offers to give Boris Johnson the magic fingers. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. Mm. Uh, finally, uh, always go to the New York Post for our anchor story. Mm-hmm. Um, hearts burn for Marlboro Man. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the Marlboro oh, yeah. Man of Fallujah. No, anybody? I, I do not. A Fallujah. Right? A Fallujah. I remember the I remember regular the other. Guy. Yeah. yeah. The one of Texas, I believe. <laughs> yeah. The one who died in Thank You for Smoking, the movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, this, this season of The Wire is a, an Iraq war allegory. Uh, and, sure. Uh, everybody was head over heels for the Marlboro Man uh, on November 14th. The young Marine dubbed the Marlboro Man after his front page appearance in the post has become a celebrity poster boy for the U.S. effort in Fallujah, a heartthrob to women everywhere and a hero in his hometown. Well, not women everywhere. (laughs) Like Fallujah, most of Iraq. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely not everywhere. Probably not. He could, could be a bad boy. Yeah, That's that true. Bad boy appeal there. Yeah, I got that bad boy appeal. But there's one drawback. Occupy me, daddy. <laughs> Sorry. There's one drawback to being the Marble Man. Everyone keeps bumming your smokes. If you want to write something, Marine Lance Corporal James Miller, 20, told a reporter this week, tell Marlboro I'm down to four packs and I'm here in Fallujah till who knows when. Maybe they can send some and they can bring down the price a bit. Marlboro declined to comment. Uh... Miller's rugged and muddied portrait snapped after 12 hours of bloody combat with guerrillas became a powerful symbol of the American forces gritty effort to retake Fallujah. Wow. I don't, I've completely missed this. Well, it's okay. They've got that video game coming out now. So you can, uh, you can, you can catch up on your Fallujah facts. Is there, is there an Iraq war video game coming out? Oh yeah. There's a Fallujah video game coming out. Oh, is it Call of Duty? Call of Fallujah Duty? Is it Fallujah? I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I gotta I check know. it out, dude. Yeah, I was I was playing one of the other Call of Duties where you're like fighting cartels, and I'm just like, yeah, this is how it yeah, works. Not not hardcore enough. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. so the Marble Man, did he die? No, he did not die. Oh, he, this uh, is not an obit. This is just no, he a came fluff back piece home. about a They're, hot guy. <laughs> yeah, well, it's actually like a New York piece, fluff piece for the New York Post almost because they published mm. the original photo. So, of course, it's kind of like uh, self-flattering to be like, oh, he's a big star now. Everybody loves him. Everybody's mm-hmm. raving about that <laughs> thing we published. Funny. Um, there was another um, profile of him in uh, Rolling Stone in like 2009, you know, P- PTSD and the normal... Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the normal stuff, like what happens and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, 
But yeah, so that's uh, that's been the Remember When machine. Okay, now uh, was the Back in the Day machine. Uh, Yep, you're right. Back in the Day machine. Back in the day, we were all talking about the Marlboro Man of Fallujah and the Iraq insurgency, and we were watching a show that was uh, an allegory for it. That's that's true. Mm -hmm. So it connects. Um, Before we continue on, uh, I got to say this week's Balmer B story Mm. is um, based on uh, a song that, I don't know, I feel like Marlowe's character um, in just in vibe is supposed to kind of give you a 50 cent feel to Mm. him. Yeah, I get that. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, just like he's got he's got kind of the I don't know, the vibe of Fiddy. So the whole not opening his mouth very wide when he talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the squinting, the kind of like uh, cowboy-esque squint he's got, where he's just like, yeah. Um, so anyways, this is uh today's uh Balmer I want to say this one sucks. Cannot stand by no more. Specifically, Colocchio calls it moral midgetry. Yells at an eight-year-old because peanut butter makes him swole. And Colocchio threatens him because the little kid has never had a can of Chef all right well so that's that it <laughs> sounded great i can't wait to listen to it at the end of the episode yeah, yeah at the end yeah, of the episode you can hear the full thing and uh, there's a freestyle at the end uh okay oh, nice. so let's talk about this episode uh a lot happens in this episode this is probably uh you know this is a point in every season of the wire where all the payoff starts happening so uh and you know it's this continues that trend where all of these storylines that have been you know kind of been placed like dominoes are finally all collapsing some from you know just this season like hamsterdam and some from you know like last season vis-a-vis fucking d uh d'angelo barksdale's murder so uh in this episode we have uh this fucking mcnulty uh finally getting mm-hmm. some payoff for planning this you know uh, planning to get Stringer in trouble by making sure everyone knows that D'Angelo was murdered, most likely by him. Um, and uh, Bunny is got hamster dam going on, and uh, he is finally seeing that this is not the happiest place on earth that he had hoped it would be. He thought it would be drug Disneyland, and it's turned out to be a little bit harder to do that. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Vince, wh- what'd you think of this episode? Uh, we've talked about how season three feels like the studio note after season two. You know, season two was uh, maybe realistic at the expense of being a TV show uh, at sure. times. And I feel like this episode is one of the most like TV episodes of The yes. Wire. Like people don't usually uh, state the conflicts out loud and, yeah. uh, and lay it all on the table. But this is like maybe above any other wire episode. Uh, you know, you got Stringer and Avon laying it on the table. You got McNulty, uh, calling out D's mom in the, uh, in the police mm-hmm. uh, headquarters. That's a very TV scene, but sure. you know, like the acting and the writing is otherwise so good that I don't mind it when it gets a little TV on us and, and yeah. the wire. Like I enjoyed it. Yeah. Robert, what'd you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I like this episode, the Hamsterdam plotline. I mean, part of why I picked this one to guest on is that it was it was one of my favorite parts of the show. Yeah. Um, I think they do a pretty good job of kind of like actually working through some of the reasons, like some of the positives of doing, like being able to actually get access to like, um, uh, 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 like STD prevention kits, right. and like healthcare kind of stuff to people yeah. through this sort of thing. They do, they, they kind of wave over, like when stuff kind of like this is done in other countries, one of the benefits is that like people still OD because they're buying drugs, but right. they <laughs> tend to OD in public around people, which they mention briefly in this, but it's sort of mentioned as like, yeah, there's still problems as opposed to like, well, but if they're ODing in front of a cop and they get a, an ambulance immediately, that probably could, means less people are dying from right. their drug overdoses. It means they right? could live, yeah. Plus, yeah. they got some people there to put ice on their balls, which uh, yeah. always works, according <laughs> yeah. to this episode. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's how you, that's, it's better than Narcan. You heard it here. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. <laughs> um, no, so I, I like it a lot. Obviously, it, it is like the most you have to kind of suspend your disbelief, probably over the whole run of the wire, because sure. like the whole time this is happening, I mean, I know eventually the press gets wind of it, but it's like, man, day, like hour one, the cops have cordoned <laughs> off a neighborhoods for yes. people to sell like cocaine to like yeah. random townies. Like it opens mm -hmm. with like presumably some like white kids from the burbs or whatever. Right. At least, like a, a different part of town buying yeah, she some, wants an eight some ball. coke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the moment that starts happening, like 30 different journalists are like writing the yes. same article about it like yeah it, it, we got a we got a white girl uh oh, we got a white, we got a white girl, girl uh, buying yeah. cocaine yeah exactly. <laughs> signal 13 signal 13 uh, a really cute white girl is uh talking to black people uh can we get uh, the national card in here yeah no it's uh it's you do have to suspend this belief to also believe that um they wouldn't have been immediately snitched on uh, I mean, it's, by their it's fellow like, cops. Yeah. It's know? like the gratifying kind of, uh, like when you, you get something out of suspending disbelief, it's oh, yeah. not just like a stupid, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you, you want to believe it. the thing that they're doing uh, in the storyline. So of course you're willing to forgive it certain moments. Yeah. Right. And the, you're willing to, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, the the, the no, only just, place where you're really suspending disbelief here is that they wouldn't immediately get shut down, that this would be allowed to go on without command knowing about it. Um, where, whereas every everything else in terms of the results of what are what's happening in Amsterdam are actually super nuanced because he's not, um, yeah. you know, solving uh, the war on drugs. You know, they're not trying to make it sound like this is all you got to do is legalized drugs in an area and then you yeah. got it it's like no you see that there's kind of creates a public health crisis creates a little mini I mean, economic crisis for some the, of it yeah and but even the also deacon, there is less crime because of it right. like he, he does achieve his goals which is like what if there was just fucking less goddamn crime all over the western district and we kind of just you know put all the put all the people who sell drugs and want to buy drugs uh, over there and uh, make sure they don't have any guns. And even the Deacon character, like I think in another show or maybe even in real life, like, I feel like the Deacon would come in and was like, would be like, hey, this is uh, this is pretty bad. You got to like stop doing this. But he doesn't do that. Like you think he's going to do that. And then it sort of pivots into him trying to figure out how to make this whole thing work. And, you know, go into, like you said, go into like the various nuances yeah. of the different things that it would take to make it work from, yeah. you know, getting public 
health people involved to, you know, just having the, uh, the, the, uh, in the, what do you call it? Infrastructure. That's the word I was right. looking for yeah. to deal with all that. Yeah. And it is, it's interesting. I like the way you phrased it that like, it's asking you to suspend your disbelief, but for a purpose. And like yeah. yes. the other part that I think embodies that is the, the bit where like the drug dealers who are getting like stuck up by somebody and robbed are like, look, man, like go up to the cops and they're like, look, if we can't have our guns here, then you guys have to be our muscle, right? You have right. to like protect us from getting robbed. And I thought that that was an interesting thing to, um, that's an interesting like thing to explore. You do yeah. have to suspend your disbelief that the cops wouldn't just be like, kick us a percentage. Right. Like, yeah, right. of course. Like, we will yeah. absolutely be your muscle like we do all over the place, but you've got to pay us. Yes. Um, but it's worth it because you're it's another interesting question that you're you're getting explored. Yeah. You know, what I like is that um, because this is a slow build, um, you know, that means the suspension of disbelief is only going to last for so long because we are already yeah. seeing the end of Hamsterdam. Uh, as this episode goes along, you see where it's going and it all happens through uh, a cop who we've seen on this show before, but we've never known his name. And we just mm -hmm. know I've known him Dumb as haircut guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, proud boy cop. Uh, and his name <laughs> yeah, is yeah. Uh, Officer uh, Anthony Colicchio. Um, so it's he's Colicchio. A, come on. It's 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 Colicchio. Like, yeah. Okay, like Tom well, Calico, like spelled the same and everything. Sure. All right, listen, guy's, I don't, get, guy I don't gets know off your this, damn the force and he language. starts. Uh, he starts judging Top Chef. Okay, it's a Dago language, as it, we've established. Wow. Yes. yes. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So uh, we learn that this guy is. Uh, he is not happy to be participating in this experiment. Uh, watching him throughout this episode, kind of just storm off in various different ways like he he blows up and gets mad for for a thousand different reasons some of them you know you can you know if you put yourself in the shoes of like racist cop guy you're like i can understand how he he's like i don't want to i don't want to help serve and protect these yo's you know it's yeah. like yeah okay that sounds like you know something a, a cop would mm -hmm. do and then he also just yells at a kid Who's like, I'm allergic to, beat to peanut his butter. Ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for having a peanut butter, like a hungry child. He <laughs> like he, I had to rewind it because I was like, wait a second, did the kid ask him for drugs? Did I like forget that part? I was like, no, he's asking him for food. Like yeah. he just can't eat. It'll kill him. I have a um, clip of that scene. Yo, I guess we'll pretend, buddy. You got anything else? Fuck, I look like to you, Chef Boyardee. Oh, hey, when all this bullshit falls apart, I'm gonna kick your butt. <laughs> so all i can think i mean how dare you not recognize the contributions of chef boyardee one of yes. our mm -hmm. most mm -hmm. famous uh italian uh, dago immigrants that's all i can think mm -hmm. is he's like this is the last straw yes yeah. <laughs> is that they do not respect our this eight-year-old <laughs> this eight-year-old does not our, our greatest cultural contribution to american cuisine chef boyardee and spaghettios like this this storyline is relatable for a few reasons first i feel like there's no way uh, there, there's no way to piss off your employees faster than to tell them uh to do something differently than than what they've been doing for years like sure oh i gotta use mm -hmm. this like i mean when you're 
the company switches like email programs it's like oh my god are you fucking yeah. kidding me with yeah. this shit it's like yeah, yeah. it's so infuriating uh <laughs> so it's that combined with uh when you like deliver a great reference and some kid is like too young to get the reference like those are the two <laughs> things like if you want to make any american mad those are so like two you, great ways to you do think it is make he him blew at him because he made him feel old <laughs> Yeah. Well, it, well, no, it's because he's like, oh, this is a sweet joke that I just did. And yeah. the kid's like, who? And he's like, God damn it, these God kids today. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm too poor for Jeff Boyardee. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even rip on these kids right. Fuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is pretty great. He also, uh, watching him get mad um, when the guys are all getting together doing the Identikit, which I think is my favorite scene in this episode yeah um, it's pretty good dude so to to uh does it do butts <laughs> yeah, yeah, so good uh to the background on this so uh we see in the opening uh someone gets robbed uh in hamsterdam and they yell at the cops and say hey you know don't you have a fucking job to do you know uh and um they talked they want to file a police report which makes uh colicchio very mad because i think the other thing he hates is paperwork so he's just yes. like yeah. fuck you well, that's, How a, that's dare another you? that's a tangent off of having to do your job differently than you have yes. been so yeah. uh they take the kids over to uh you know to the western and they play with the identikit and it is goddamn just one of my favorite scenes and i have a clip of that scene and the eyes he had little beanie eyes <gasps> What the fuck is beanie eyes? <laughs> how do you know how to do this? And how you don't know how to do this? <laughs> Great line also. Make his ears stick up. Why? Because I told you to. Oh shit. <laughs> Give him light eyes. Why? Because I fucking told you to. Can you make him cross? <laughs> so fucking cool. Now Chinese up the miles like Beyonce. Jesus Christ. <laughs> My favorite uh, line in the episode. Oh, yeah. uh, with that. Yo, you got one of these dust asses? <laughs> so real quick. That's a good scene. It's so perfect. Yeah. And I want to That's writing right there. It really yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, this is why they strike. Because uh, uh -huh. AI cannot write that. I just no, want to point absolutely out absolutely not uh, <laughs> that Herc is. I think he is trying to make Dozerman's girlfriend or Freeman's girlfriend. Mm. Oh, that does look like Freeman's girl. Yeah, it does. It does. Okay, so this is funny because like in that first part when uh, Herc was, I thought there was going to be a payoff. Like I thought for sure he was going to make like a rude caricature of another cop that he works with or someone. Yeah, um, so I was a little disappointed in that lack of payoff, but then it brought me all the way back with Chinese up them eyes a little bit, like Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Just Amazing. <laughs> if, you, if you tried to make chat GPT write that, it would tell you yeah. that it it's not allowed to use yeah. phrases like that. <laughs> Chinese up her eyes like Beyonce. Fantastic. So incredible. Good. And it is, uh, I think, you know, it's perfect because at the end of the day, Herc um, is as much of a horny little boy as those literal children who yes, are there yes. following a report. They are, 
all on the same level. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fucking great where he's just like, oh man, we we can do anything with this power. Like this is someone who like an updated version of this is uh, making those porn deep fakes of like your friends. You know, that's what that's what Herc would be doing. He would be no, deep faking stuff. I'm imagining like, you know, because he's got to be in his 50s now, Herc, you know, near retirement from the Baltimore police, mm-hmm. getting a hold of like mid journey and just like disappearing. <laughs> just they, they find him dead of dehydration like five days later, just masturbated himself to death. <laughs> just, 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 you, you look at it. He was just like his... a week away from retirement. <laughs> All of his fucking like prompts just said, now even bigger titties. <laughs> now more bigger. More bigger. So we wanted to go. Just like Googling a series of celebrities' bra sizes so that he could input it into the yeah, engine. He's got two monitors. One just has wiki feet updating every 30 seconds. Suddenly he's wearing reading glasses that you never seen him wear before. Oh, man. Yeah, Herc is, um, you know, it's like he has the heart of a child, but the mind of a, a racist Baltimore PD cop. So it's just uh, pouring yeah. liquid from one beaker into the, the other being like oh well we've chinese up our eyes like beyonce What's yeah, next step? he's wearing a lab coat <laughs> he's somebody somebody's got chinese up her eyes like beyonce on like a blackboard like in a, a beautiful mind or whatever it is comes <laughs> oh, oh man yeah uh, yeah no i, I want to see I want to see Herc just figuring out um, how to use technology in order to masturbate. That is, uh, <laughs> that's what he was built for. And mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he became a cop. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so uh, the Nazi cop uh, is basically just pissed off this whole time. And eventually um, they had this conversation in which a bunch of the <laughs> Western people sit around and they're all like, um, uh, hey, uh, someone should snitch. And uh, I guess we'll see what happens with that later in the series. Um, but let's move on. Let's talk about yes, uh, let's talk about Avon Stringer Marlowe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. was a fantastic episode with all three of those. Uh, mostly because you see both of both Avon and Stringer in their respective completely diverting grinds. You see, Avon has like decided that he can afford to go to war with uh both Marlo and Omar at the exact same mm-hmm. time. Two fronts. That's war right. War on two fronts, which famously only, a good idea. If only mm-hmm. Slim Charles had been there for Napoleon. Who knows? I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But uh unfortunately uh no one talks him out of it. Um and then uh meanwhile you see Stringer on his grind getting the most played that he has been so far in this series. Like you see him dealing with Clay Davis throughout uh, season three and you're like, I don't know. It looks like they're building a building. Maybe like, maybe this is going yeah, maybe, good yeah, for he's him. He's going to make some, even like Clay Davis keeps making you think that uh, you're going to make money by giving him lots of money without ever asking where it's going. Right. Yeah. And, and like throughout, 
the series or the season so far, I've been like, I don't know. It seems like, yeah, he's probably getting like ripped off a little bit here, but it seems like he's getting the things he wants. In this episode, he's that free light bulb money, man. Well, but yeah, see, see, he got that light bulb contract. Good for this, him. This also is like another aspect. I don't know if it was intended as such, but this, like, if this is an Iraq war allegory, this fits in really well. Because how many people are making money off of like supplying the light bulbs right. uh, to the invasion? Like, someone, someone there is oh, definitely man, printing money by, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, um, you know, he's. He's private contractoring his uh, his ass off right now, and uh, um, but I feel like this is the first time when I originally watched this series where I was like, "Oh, Clay Davis is selling this guy some magic ass beans," because n- like everything feels like a setup in this, and Stringer is the only one who seems to like he knows it could be a setup, but there's part of him. That is like just he's in so deep that he has to believe that these guys aren't going to yeah. rip him off. And I, li- I like the um, like the, I like Clay Davis and Andy Krawcheck playing sort of good cop, bad cop with them. Where <laughs> yes. I mean, not really. They're both the good cop. But uh, Krawcheck talking up some random guy uh, who used to <laughs> have a small. Coats. Yeah. Chunky, chunky coats. coats. <laughs> uh, I have the scene with chunky coats. I am a. Uh, I'm a big chunky coats head, so uh, let's let's play a little bit of that. That's uh, Tanahasi's dad, chunky. <laughs> Very good. Oh, look at you, oh. chunky coats. Who's that? You don't know Chunky? When I first met that fat man, he had an office so small you had to leave the room to change your mind. And two years ago, we started running with your man, Clay Davis. Look at you now, you big sassy bitch. So then from this moment, um, by the way, this guy is easily 20 to 30 pounds lighter than Andy Krawcheck. It feels like a right. little pot calling the yeah. kettle black kind of yeah, situation exactly. there. Yeah. Well, you know, you know how Polish people be. I'm sorry. I don't know where I <laughs> that came from. I just had to. Um, yeah. No. Uh, what I love about this is that like in the scene previous with Clay Davis, Clay is convincing Stringer that he is not ready to, quote, run yet that it takes three years to run and that uh, he must wait those three years and pay his dues and then he will be able to run. I don't know what the fuck run means. Um, I don't know if Stringer knows what run means. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He's pretending to understand the metaphor. I think he's just like, yeah, you know, you make make money. Like, I think he's just like, I don't know. These guys are business guys. They're wearing suits. They're getting elected to public office. Run is probably something where I make more money. Um, and this is just such a perfect setup because he immediately runs in to Clay Davis's office and is like, I demand you take my money, take it. And here it is. In my world, you have any idea what I had to do to get where I am today. And when I say I'm ready, you best believe it. Clay is like an evil genius in this in this uh, like yeah. way that I found myself of all of the people on the show who have, you know, committed murders and all sorts of atrocities. I found myself being like Clay is the most evil man on this show. For sure. By far. He's like the only one who I actually was like I need justice. Would you say the biggest bastard? 
I would say. Yeah. yeah. Biggest bastard on the okay. show. Okay. Yeah, he's he's a piece of but shit. But also the smartest, I, oh, he's, I think. He's like, so yeah. good. He's, he's and the ballsiest, like consistently yeah. just uh, uh, extorting people that kill for a living. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You really, you got to have fucking nuts made of steel to be like, I'm going to rip off Stringer Bell. <laughs> like, it's crazy. But he's also, you know, it's the kind of, like there's a whole we we're all we're all in the wake of like the death sub news um which is another like uh, another uh, like an example of you've got all these people who made a bunch of money doing something that has nothing to do with the sea and then a grifter who (laughs) was able to convince them this thing was safe um it's (laughs) this it's this like this kind of people are very prone to this if you get really good at, at one specific thing to thinking that your competence transfers yeah and stringers like so good at a specific part of the game that right. he, he kind of tricked himself into thinking he knew anything at all about totally. the rest of the world totally that's 100 yeah. percent true it is and that is i think the yeah you're 100 percent right every rich person believes that they're not just rich because you know, whatever luck or family or whatever happens, they believe it's because they are smarter than everyone. They, yeah. that they just have a better brain. And Stringer is one of those people who's just like, my brain's really big. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I fuck good and I make too the good money for, you know, the, for, for, for drugs. I'm too good it, for the, like for this world. I, I got to move up, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I want to get into the, to the world of business. And so yeah. it makes him such a prime target to like, you know, go two miles deep into the sea and implode immediately, <laughs> you know? And, yep. uh, shit, I could see Stringer starting up that business, you know, yeah, trying to, uh, make his own submarine you know <laughs> he's gonna turn his dr- he's like he's like the drug dealing equivalent of james cameron <laughs> he turns like slinging crack into d- setting foot in the bottom of the marianas trench <laughs> you know he sees he sees where yeah. the uh, the opening in the market is a lot of people mm-hmm. want to go into the sea see some mm-hmm. shit deep sea stuff glow in the dark I can fish put you into the sea baltimore's a port you know that makes yeah. sense they got a sea and they got lots of shit down there mostly guns yeah. but He's got other like, stuff too fu- fucking ziggy piloting a submersible <laughs> <laughs> ziggy's p- just piloting it with his fucking laptop yeah no he's uh stringer is someone who is in his his own imploding submersible mm-hmm. right now but doesn't know enough to stop it from happening Oh, hey, it's Brent Flyberg, the producer. What's up? What's up, man? Ah. Um, good to see everybody. We have some exciting new ads for Undersea Adventures that I think Ooh. our listeners are going to want to hear, so we should take oh. a break now. Okay. Well, um, while you guys are uh, thinking about going deep, deep underwater and seeing what's out there, you know, maybe it's time for you to simultaneously listen to these ads about the sea so stick around we'll be right back hey everyone matt lieb here with an annoying mid-roll ad that i'm gonna be playing until march 17th 
Why March 17th, you ask? Well, <laughs> because I'm going to be co-headlining the Sacramento Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. with my wife, Francesca Fiorentini. I would love it if you all bought your tickets to it. It's going to be really fun. Um, you helped us sell out uh, when we co-headlined the San Francisco Punchline, and now I'm asking for you to... Do it again. That's right. If you're in the Sacramento area or somewhere nearby, um, come to the Sacramento Punchline Sunday, March 17th, 7 p.m. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be there. Francesca's going to be there. Uh, someone else is going to open for us. I don't know who, but someone probably pretty funny. You're going to have a great time, and you can get your tickets right now by either clicking the link uh, that's in the show notes or going to punchlinesack.com and uh, buying your tickets. Do it. And if you can't go, hey, maybe you have friends who are in the area and you you know, you can tell them like, hey, you like comedy. Come see this guy who does a podcast and his wife who also does a podcast. It'll be great. So yes, please come Sacramento Punchline, March 17th. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. Come, enjoy, laugh, love. All right. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. Okay, so Stringer is getting took. Meanwhile, Avon, he's got his plan to get Marlo. Um... At this point in, in the series, I'm starting to think, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong here, that uh, Marlo is really good at not getting killed by Avon. Yeah. Yeah. It's one yeah. of his main skills. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could uh, call him the James Cameron of that, for sure. <laughs> exactly. It's probably because he doesn't, like, he, he barely has sex, and he doesn't drink, and he doesn't dance. Mm -hmm. He's like, I only... Focus on my money and my pigeons, and that's mm -hmm. it. Yeah, N not dying at the hands of Avon Barksdale. 
Yeah, no, Marlo in this episode is the first time you see him outside of the context of like, uh, you know, hanging with his friends, either selling drugs or hiding out in the pigeon coop. Um, and you see him like doing a human activity, you know, like going to the club. And um, he has a conversation with a woman, uh, and I have the clip of it, uh, where she's like, I like those, I like your eyes. They're like cat eyes, which works a lot better than when I say like, hey, mm -hmm. your eyes make you look like a pussy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, that never works, dude. Yeah, no. Um, but when he sees a girl giving him the eyes, he opens with, a, like his pickup line is, what you looking at? Which is very <laughs> hostile. Um, and then when she says, you have uh, cat eyes, he asks the most like spectrum question I've ever heard. He just goes, what kind of cat? <laughs> what kind of cat is the question he asked? And I'm, I'm not sure why, except for I think maybe he's also, he's a pigeon guy. He might be a cat guy as well. He might be a cat guy. Yeah, yeah it does imply that like one answer would be better than another to him. Right. Like there's, there's a cat that would offend him and a cat that he would take as a real compliment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Siamese, what the fuck is wrong with you, girl? <laughs> Snoop, kill this lady. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I I have the uh, the clip of uh, Marlo finally yeah. doing some human stuff. Looking at you. Yeah. I like your eyes. They like cat eyes. What kind of cat? What? what kind of cat? My eyes like. A big cat. You wanna dance? You want a drink? No, I don't do that nothing. What do you do? Rock and roll McDonald's. Rock and roll McDonald's. Gotta have a little rock and roll McDonald's in every episode. He farts. Yeah. Pretty nice. Pretty, pretty good, nice. Good for you, Marlo. I, the way I interpreted this whole sequence is that he's constantly, uh, like, checking her story. Like, he's looking for her to uh, screw up her story because I don't think he quite buys it the entire time. So he's, yeah, he, like, you know, he's asking her her name twice. Uh, what kind of cat am I? Where are you staying? Like, yeah. All the, uh, you're, do you have any friends here? Who'd you come yeah. with? Who'd you come with? Yeah. And then, like, Okay, I am horny enough to risk death for sex, but it has to be guarded by Chris and Snoop <laughs> and in my car. Uh, and uh, yeah, and he does. And, and at this point, I'm thinking like he is incredibly paranoid, but uh, he's probably wrong. Like it looks like this might be just a girl who likes him. But I was wrong about that. Well, I think I think the tell was the uh, you know they get sweaty in the back of his SUV and uh, he he like wheezes into her neck meat for like four pumps and uh, and then she goes oh that was nice yeah <laughs> and like was it tell <laughs> you're like no way four pumps he is a cat though yeah um yeah got the spines in there to keep her from running away Jesus Christ. It's, is that true? Do cats have spine dicks? Is that really yeah, a thing? Yeah, absolutely. Huge, covered in spine. You know what? Um, watch the movie Tremors, the first one. It's mm -hmm. just like it looks just like those worms. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, just thousands of spines. Yeah. Why would they build? Why would God build <laughs> the cat 
to have <laughs> that kind of dick. What's really fucked up are duck penises. We have some ducks oh. over here, and like their dicks are like corkscrews, and sometimes they'll just be like fucking in the middle of the day, and you like walk up or whatever to feed them, and like it'll spook them, and so the lady and then will they'll like spin run and away. spin and spin and, and fly. It'll, out. it'll just be flopping. It'll be this corkscrew penis on the ground, and the the yeah. male ducks like waddling after the lady with this like this like corkscrew of penis yeah. just sort of like bouncing around on the ground. And then you hear that sound like someone just opened a wine bottle. You know they finally got it. <laughs> from there uh just watching the 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 duck f- flop in his corkscrew dick at chasing mm-hmm. after another lady duck and you're like this mm-hmm. could be us but you play <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so uh yeah he's uh he has sex marla has sex and then uh he is starting to get suspicious and she invites him to a little date uh at a place where they can get some lake trout and that means this is time for our segment, Lake Trout. Fried chicken, Lake Trout. No lake, no trout. Bitch, I'm from Baltimore. You say you was, I never see you. All right, Lake Trout. Let's talk about it. Vince, <clears throat> what is oh, Lake Trout? You didn't prep me for this. Uh, I didn't prep f- myself for this. It's a fish. Uh, it's like a whiting or something like that. And. Uh, uh, the lake trout is a freshwater char living mainly in the lakes in northern North America. Mm. Uh, it can be variously known as ciscoet, paper belly, and lean. Um, lean? Wow. Yeah. Lean? You like could, codeine? So you, could do, and... you could do lean and lean. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love it. The first lean was actually just a trout. Yeah. That's fun to know. I'm um, base a trout and codeine and see if that fries up good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably would though. I mean, people are doing the thing where they're they're like uh, you know making Nyquil chicken. I feel oh, like God, lean yeah, trout. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> not, not the first time that people have been like, maybe I put drugs in food. It is a fun thing to do. Uh, yeah, just to go. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't get through the paywall. Never mind. <laughs> uh, foiled again by Hold having on. to pay for the internet. Well, I don't pay for the Baltimore Sun. Like you not, should. Not, I know. You should. Try you know, a this twelve foot ladder. Sometimes that gets you through the paywall. Yeah. It yeah. Didn't it didn't work. Baltimore Sun figured out how to not do twelve. Mm, is wow. it? Is it on archive.is? Okay. Oh, yeah. I, Hell yeah. I got it. Uh, okay. Um, here in the here at the lake in Northwest Baltimore, a few dollars buys a passel of lake trout fried to crunchy, crispy perfection. And if you like doused with hot sauce, get it with a side of candied sweets and Mac and cheese. Mm. Locals know locals know it's not really trout and isn't really from a lake. There are no natural lakes near Maryland. The real fish is whiting or more scientifically Merluccia. I don't care about the scientific name. No, I want to know. Yeah. From the cold waters off the Northeast coast of the United States. Okay. Uh, Standing outside awaiting their order, Della and Lee Mooring of Owings Mills shrug when asked why their dinner is called Lake Trout. Uh, I I guess we should have asked, said Lee, 68. (laughs) I love living your whole life eating something and just (laughs) being like... Your entire life. Lake Trout is a more economical choice than the region's more famous seafood offering, crabs, and has been a favorite lunch and dinner item for years. Find it on the menu at places like Lake Trout and Edmondson Village, which I think is the one in this episode. That's the one in this episode, yeah. Uh, Lake Trout 2 near Tosin, or even Lake Trout 3 in Windsor Mill. Wow, Uh, what a choice. Yeah. (laughs) You can go to one or two. 
Possibly even three. It's unclear how the name lake trout for whiting came about, but Bill Devine of Fadley's Seafood at Lexington Market thinks it's a bastardization of late trout. Decades ago, fish that arrived to Lexington Market late in the season were referred to as late, L-A-T-E, Devine said. Being that Baltimoreans couldn't speak the King's English, it got corrupted to late. Or any English at all, (laughs) because the accent is insane. Go on. Uh, Yep. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the story. Okay, so that's uh, that's where they go to uh, possibly have their date, and uh, and Snoop is there waiting to see, uh, you know, just to see if the something fishy is going on. Pardon the, <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah, oh fuck, no, nope. oh, come on, there we go. I gotta get the reggae horn on that. Um, yeah, so uh, he goes over, uh, or. Snoop and Chris go over to check out the scene and uh, it turns out it is a trap and Avon takes one in the shoulder and uh, I have a clip of the wonderful Chris and Snoop. You get four trot on white, extra mayo on one, hot sauce on two, and the other with ketchup and four on sodas. Got his ass. Mm-hmm. The fact that Avon went along to that shows to me that he is truly uh, an overconfident fucking Very idiot. overconfident. Yeah, he, yeah. He just thinks he's been in the game long enough that he's so smart. Yeah. They don't know anything. He did one honey trap, and that's going to be it. I like yeah. to think that they didn't decide to shoot them until they saw him littering, and they were like, <laughs> yeah. Fuck this guy. Keep now these streets clean. Yeah. I love the idea that just Chris Partlow is mostly just a very strict conservationist. And he's just yeah, like, he's this just is insane. Shaking his head, a single tear rolling down his cheek. As he sees that wadded up ball of wax paper hit the pavement. Yeah. I was going to let him off with a warning, but now it's time for a 12 gauge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he jumped to that real fast. Um, shoots him right in the fucking shoulder, and uh, so right in, in the shoulder. Yeah, and uh, you know the the guy well, next to him also gets killed. Yeah, went through Tater, and yeah, Avon just caught a couple pellets. Luckily for him, yeah. Tater's dead. Rico is dead earlier in this episode. I mean, all his boys are He's getting fucking boys. killed. But yeah, yeah, dude. And so it's just like he. One thing I love about Avon throughout this uh, season is every other scene in which Marlo bests him, he goes, all right, now I'm serious. Mm-hmm. Now now we're going to get his ass. Yeah, and he's then getting he gets, all hyped up. <laughs> he gets bested again. He's shot in the shoulder. He's like, oh, <laughs> it's going down, baby. Oh, next time. Oh, he's about to. Before, I wasn't serious. Before, I was just playing. But now, the game gets real. And it's like, dude, maybe you just... Uh, <laughs> Maybe you're just not as good as 
Marlo <laughs> well, is at this. When they're sewing him up, he's like all getting hyped up about you know the fact. Yeah, now I'm gonna now we're going to fucking war. Now we're going yeah. to war. <laughs> yeah. And Stringer just beats the piss out of him, yeah. <laughs> like because he gets he tries to get into a fist fight with like shotgun pellets in his shoulder. Yep, yep. I mean, like, again, another example of him being so overconfident. It's like, yeah. bro, you are you you are on the injured list right now. I understand yeah. that you want to you know be the king. But uh, maybe take a breather, take a half a half a break. Um, it's like you know, why have dudes if you're not going to use them? Why this? have dudes? You know, delegate. This yeah. is the thing that Stringer gets. He's like, you know, yeah. I got, I got dudes. Of course, all of his dudes are fucking him, but yeah, they're still all dudes. Of his dudes are fucking. Now Marlo's the best at having dudes because Marlo yes. knows that if you hire children young enough, the betrayal lobe of their brain isn't active. That's so right. They, they they're, they're going to deal straight with you. Exactly. You know? That's exactly. the way to do it. Yeah, he understands that. He's uh, he's like uh, you know, Fagin from <laughs> Oliver Twist. You know, mm-hmm. Fagin mm-hmm. understood how how to have a crew of kids. You know. Yeah. You guys, big. Oliver Twist F- Faganites. You get yes. Faganites. Faganites. Well, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I do a lot of I do a lot of twist slash fic. Uh, oh, it's uncomfortable. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, you're right. Stringer does beat the piss out of him. Uh, and for a very good reason, which we will get into once we talk about what's happening with McNulty in this episode that leads up to that moment. Ah, McNulty. McNulty, this is one of my favorite fucking McNulty episodes because it is, he is both simultaneously um, doing hilarious dumb guy shit, like trying to be racist and having it backfire on him, uh, trying to do detective work. And at the same time, you realize like McNulty is a, one of the biggest pieces of shit on this show. He's so cool. He's a, <laughs> he's, he's uh, a cool guy. Let's be real. Yeah. This is a show about one of the coolest guys. Um, <laughs> but watching him take this plan to, you know, this whole thing with D'Angelo not killing himself and yeah. him trying to expose, you know, that is because he's just will do by uh, trying to get stringer by whatever means necessary. Yeah. Um, and that means that this will lead to D'Angelo's mother showing up to the police station and fucking McNulty is such a dickhead. It's just so mean yeah. to her that I'm like, Oh man, cops are bad. Yeah. It's true. It is true, man. I mean, he's, he's like, he is just, he's making her cry and shit. Um, he basically says like, "Well, you didn't care about your kids, so yeah. you know you, you you wouldn't want to know anything about this." Very cold. Yeah, super cold, super fucking cold. And I think he thinks he's justified because like she did make him take the years, but also because he's like, "Listen, if this comes back to you know getting Stringer somehow in trouble, so we can fucking like arrest him, then it's all worth it." And I'm like, I don't know if. Listen, I, you know, I've hated a lot of people in my life, but I don't think I could ever exploit their, like, a grieving mother in order to get back at them. I think there's, like, limits to my spite that McNulty doesn't have. I don't know. I've never had a grieving mother to exploit, so I can't really say yeah, if I, I would or I wouldn't, you know? Yeah. 
You've never been in the yeah. position to exploit the grieving mother, so you don't know if you would. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, it's like I've white never... rotter rafting, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's you like handle one of those it? things, you know? It's like I've never had to knock on wood. Yeah. And I'd like to think that if I was, mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. pass, you know? Yeah. You know, that's... it's fun because that band went on to exploit a grieving family by making an album about George Floyd. Is that no? Did they really? What? Oh, you guys haven't heard? Oh man, <laughs> the oh, Mighty Mighty yes, Boston's did. They did a whole album about it, and there's a song about George Floyd dying where they call him Georgie the whole song. Oh no! And it's like I don't think he went by that. You can't just like come up with a nickname for a murder victim like wow. you're like your friends, like you're what? talking about your buddy. <laughs> Wow! Holy oh, it, shit. it's it's remark. The refrain is "Georgie, please stay." They took your breath away. Fuck! Like it, it is. It is bad. It takes a lot to be like to have less tact than Bono, but I think I know. Yes. Right? I I did not know that they outdid no. uh, David Guetta. Like, yeah, it's. Like, I love me some ska, but oh, no one it. in that in that historic moment in in America was thinking. You know whose take on this we need is the mighty mighty boss. You know, who you know the mightiest saw? take. I feel like they probably just remember when everybody was changing their avatars to black squares. Like the mighty mighty Boston's just saw that and they're like, you know what we could do? We could just like have a bunch of these. And then add some white squares to it, and yeah. boom! Mm-hmm. It's boom. like somebody raised the Back ska flag over the city of Gotham. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, Holy shit! Well, good stuff. I learned you learn something new about the mighty mighty Boston's every day on this pod. That's, uh, That's right. That is wild. Um, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how we got there, but I think as we're talking about exploiting a grieving mother. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's, you know, uh, exploited her. She's freaking out. She's talking to Stringer. Um, but uh, before that, I'm sorry. My, I think, favorite McNulty scene was him uh, thinking he would relate to the cop by being racist. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I have a, a clip of, of that. I mean, this is just typical of urban America's uh, simplistic assumptions about rural America, you know? Yeah, oh, 100%. That's, that's that's what's happening here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I love it, too, because you're just like, I bet McNulty thought he was doing something here where he was just like, listen, I'm not racist, but I'm going to convince this guy I am. And I'm like, no, McNulty, you're actually racist, too. No, yeah. <laughs> You you will literally do anything to catch this one black guy. <laughs> like you yeah. are uh, kind of racist. Whole damn town's gonna hell in a handbasket. And guess who's running the show? Who? Who do you think? Department, city hall, the courts. Shit, the courts. And God have mercy on any poor white. Who is he talking about there? Uh, was it? Was it? Was he talking about the Jews? Yes. <laughs> I think he was talking about the Jews there. I thought it was the Dagos. Yeah. I mean, listen, that we know that that in real life the Dagos do control the courts and all of the the mm-hmm. we do. criminal justice system. But yeah, uh, I'm I, I'm actually running the Supreme Court for us this week. There's oh, a there's a big God. there's a big Gabagool case coming up. We gotta <laughs> make we gotta make sure that one breaks our way. <laughs> Boy, going to trial. That's when everybody's got their ass in the air talking about justice. I mean, they're not all so bad. <laughs> Actually, 
It's a lot of good ones. <laughs> I'm on the radio if you need me. Some very good ones. <laughs> Is there anything specific I can help you with while you're down here detecting? You know, you should meet my partner. You'd, uh, you'd like her. You're, uh, your partner there. Bit of an asshole. For real. Turns out that cop was an ally, and I fucking love it, dog. I fucking <laughs> love so it. It's so funny. It's so great. It's so fucking good. He's he's coming in there with his like you know liberal city mindset of like oh these fucking dumb freeze Virginia cops are just a bunch of boss hogs out here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get this security camera footage. It's like he could have done it without all that racism, but you know he's a cop. Mm -hmm. Cops, they need to do racism or else, you know, it's like, uh, sharks. It's like how shark. Yeah, exactly. exactly. They got it. Jinx, they, you two. Yeah, yeah. Now you guys have to kiss. You owe me some I, coke. Uh -huh. I liked mm -hmm. in that scene where McNulty was trying to, sorry, Dominic West is playing McNulty trying to like lean into a more Southern, Southernish accent, yeah. but really it just makes Dominic West sound more English in that scene. Like you hear his accent slip multiple times. Oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, his accent slips a lot throughout this episode to the point where I remember reading uh, an interview with him at one point where, like, the cast had to get together mm -hmm. or, like, like his friends on the cast, like Wendell Pierce and stuff, were like, you got to try a little bit harder. <laughs> like, you, yeah. like, he had, he had a sort of low-key checked out of the show, uh, like, halfway through it because he was just, like... Uh, you know, he was the star of a show that he probably was watching and is like, I don't get it. This is boring. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I think he was, yeah, he was checked out of it a bit and you can see the result of that is he just drops his accent occasionally. It's, um, you know, and oh, then I of just assumed yeah. that was a, that was the director making a statement that the Baltimore accent has been fake all along, That's, right? They're all just yes. pulling over a con on us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, you know. It's like the way that frog would only dance when only the kid was there. Mm -hmm. But we're all the kid. And, you know, fucking we're trying to tell people, hey, this is mm -hmm. fake. And then as soon as the camera's on them, they're like, oh, you ever go to the ocean? You go lake trout? That's not a fucking accent. <laughs> That's a guy making fun of me. That's a guy doing a voice. Why mm -hmm. is there accent ableist? Um, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, McNulty It's because they're all a little bit hard of hearing from living so close to the docks, like all that mm. unloading and unloading. It gets really loud. Right. And after, you know, successive generations of that, you get like a kind of get like a little bit of a funny accent. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I, it's it could the be. epigenetics of living at a port. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> My father's father's father was a, was a dock man, was a stevedore out here, so... What? <laughs> what did you say? Yeah. Huh? We're in the ocean. We eat cra crab in the ocean. <laughs> okay. You got to be Baltimore. on your post. And when you're on your post, you're the best policeman in the post. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That's not real. I'm sorry. I'm just everyone. So when you cancel him, just remember it was not not the rest of us doing that accent. No, it was just me. <laughs> Get canceled by all of white Baltimore. <laughs> no, that's not what we seem like. 
We never see you. All right, okay. Um, you're not doing the. You're not doing the cocaine job. I'm sure. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. That, oh, your post. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, helps so much. I'm telling you, it's because yeah. everybody in uh, they're hard of hearing and Please do a lot of cocaine. Please, post is a bit <laughs> fucking worse. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, meanwhile, Kim and McNulty actually are able to get some work done, and they find out uh, they get some security cam footage from. Uh, the uh, the Seek Mart um, and McNulty makes a Seek and you shall find joke in front of a Seek. Fun little pun. I actually didn't get that the first. I don't it's think not, I watched it's it. It's not with... really a joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. I didn't get it, but until I had the subtitles on, I was like, oh, he's doing a play on words. Oh, I get it. He's doing a play. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's doing a play on words. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's good enough. Um, so yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, Brianna is spinning out and is just fucking. You know, he she's trying to get in. You know, to a meeting with Avon and Stringer is just like, I don't need this shit. Fuck off. Uh, everything that cop told you was a lie. I'm the only one who tells the truth. It's all good. Uh, and you think that's probably the end of it, but then, uh, after Avon gets shot. Stringer's like, I've had enough of this bullshit. I'm going to go fucking talk to this guy. And Avon really goes off on him. Like, he's basically just is like, you're a bitch. You've always been a bitch. You're not hard. You're kind of dumb. Uh, you wear suits that don't fit right. You're hot, but you're not as hot as you think you are. Like, that's one of the things he says. He's like, you think, like, you're conceited. Like, he said that to him in a cutscene, <laughs> you're, you're conceited you're a virgin who can't drive mm -hmm. and he's like that was way harsh avon um and then in a fit of i guess trying to be hard or trying to prove that he's hard he decides to blow up the whole fucking thing by telling avon i killed your fucking nephew and um that's got to be one of the stupidest things Stringer has done on the show. And he's done a lot of dumb shit, but probably. Yeah, he reverted to gangster real fast when somebody accused him of not being a gangster. By the way, um, Brianna Barksdale, yeah. uh, she's also that actress. First of all, she does an incredible job uh, yeah. in this episode. But uh, do you know she's also British? What? Yeah. Crikey. Yeah, oh, her, <laughs> crikey! Her oh, name from is England. Her name is Damn Michael Michael Hyatt, which odd. Apparently, Michael? her real name. Yeah, her real name's Charlene, but she goes by Mark Mark Michael for some reason. That's kind of badass. I like and, it. And yeah, and she's uh, was born in Birmingham in England. Birmingham, isn't that Peaky Blinders? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's pronounced B Binghamton or some shit like that. You oh, never pronounce it? British words the way they look. Yeah, because that would be too fucking easy. Because, you, yeah. you know, these fucking no-teeth-having islanders. I know. It's, Tired it's... of the British. Done with you. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, crazy. I didn't know she was British, and she fucking kills it. Oh, in, apparently, in Hyatt has used the name Michael since high school when she was nicknamed for being a fan of American entertainer Michael Jackson. Oh. Cool. Cool. All right. Yeah. Okay. little there trivia you for you guys. Oh, I love We love trivia. <laughs> since we we love it um but yeah so Boy, i wonder if she how she feels about that now yeah that's true <laughs> hopefully she pivoted to like uh you know jordan jordan i think he's still like i mean you yeah, know yeah. we've reframed jordan a little bit to be you know to show that he's he is kind of 
piece of shit, but he's not like a Michael Jackson level. He's no. he's he's he looks great compared to some of our heroes of the nineties. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, let's just in comparison, Michael Michael Jordan, pretty great. Also, yeah. you know, the goat. So what can you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Stringer, Avon, go after each other, and uh, I have a clip of the climax of this episode. We passed this bullshit. Ah, yeah, I forgot. You know, I knew I forgot something. We the Trump brothers. Uh, You know what, I look at you these days, you know what I see? I see a man without a country. Not hard enough for this right here. And maybe, just maybe, not smart enough for them out there. Not hard enough. Huh, because I think before I snatch a life, I ain't in this bullshit. Snatch a life. (laughs) What life you snatch, huh? Now he's sitting there thinking about it. And Should I, think I tell I, him? Do I do I tell him? I think at that moment he's thinking to himself, "Is it worth it to blow up everything I have built? Yeah, so that I can totally pwn this little bitch." Yeah. Do I admit that I murdered my my buddy's nephew for clout? Like, yeah. do I, I mean, do I do it just for the the yeah? Yeah, you McNulty know? would have said it right away because McNulty's highest goal in life ever is to win the current argument. Yes, so that's like right. if yeah, if, if McNulty smells like oh I can win this argument, yeah. boom, he's gonna do it. Stringer, yeah, he's a little more strategic, but not much. Yeah, not not by much. And you can see he's fighting with himself. That part of him that is just like I could get him so good right now. I could. Oh, he'd be so pissed. But uh, you know he's. He doesn't yeah. want to destroy everything he's built and lose his best friend. It isn't. I hadn't thought of it before, but like they are, there is that similarity between McNulty and Stringer that they're both really good in a specific niche and convinced that they're not shit ass incompetent in right. everything outside of that right. niche. Yes. Convinced <laughs> no, they are the smartest person in every room. Well, I, I, like this is something that I think about because I think I consider myself a smart person, but I also understand that I have no guile. And I think both of them are smart people that are convinced that they have guile and that yeah. they are like mm-hmm. that they're master manipulators. And it's like, no, 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 you guys are real bad at that part, actually. Yeah, I think in order to think that, like, that is ego when you, it's like, it's okay to be like, no, I understand that I am smart. Um, uh, but it's like the ego part of you is the one that's like, well, that means technically every decision I make is the right decision because it's yeah. the smartest decision in the room. And, uh, that's not always necessarily true. No, you should if you're if you're if you're emotionally healthy, you're like a great white shark, right? Where you're mm-hmm. like, look in this in this one specific instance, you know, yeah. find find your niche and yeah. that you thrive at, and yes. know that if you get outside of that niche, you will die gasping on the ground. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, you got to know your great white. You got to yeah. be like, this is what I do. I see of the food. I eat of the food. (laughs) All sharks are Italian. All great white sharks are Italian. (laughs) Uh, So Um, I like the scene because, like I said, when we were talking about uh, this at the beginning, uh, like The Wire is not usually a show where the characters state like the conflict of their story arc, mm -hmm. uh, like as dialogue. Yes. Um, But they do it in this scene. 
Uh, and it works. And I think it works partly because it like descends into uh, like a two nephews fighting each other. Yes. Uh, which also worked well in succession, I think, in like the in the oh, past yeah. season oh, when yeah. it, you know, descends into like a like a slap fight. Right. Because that's how like people who love each other fight. It's like not just love, but it's also I guess it's loving and hating, which is, you know, on this similar spectrum. But like it's um, it's not the same as stranger fighting it's like you when you really fucking you know it's your brother or your family or your fucking best friend you're gonna like slap fight and wrestle and you're gonna go you know like there's sounds you make that you don't make in a fight with like someone where you're trying to present yourself as like hard um and stringer immediately goes for the pressure point which was uh yeah which is that showing he is strategic in certain ways yeah yeah but also kind of dirty here it is. Man stoking a head saying that uh, D'Angelo's death is no suicide. Man ain't wrong about that. What? Man. Who's oh, hard now? But there you go a life that had to be snatched, Avon. <laughs> Man, they got you, me, and fucking Brianna. No fucking way, man. Hell no. Now, I know you, you from that family. You love that nigga, but you want to talk that blood is thicker than water bullshit. Take that shit somewhere else, nigga. That motherfucker would have taken down the whole fucking show starting with you, killer. It's fucking everything and everybody. Let me up. I love it. I love that it's good. shit. It's, it's good. good. You know what? The Wire. Mm-hmm. It's a good show, guys. Pretty good it's show. Good, it's a good show. Good acting. Um, mm-hmm. No, I I love uh, I love that fight for the same reasons I think Vince you were saying. Just like uh, to you know they fight like siblings. Um, and I also love the what you also pointed out that uh, Stringer is he. He knows he's going to win this fight and Avon still thinks he can fight. He still is yeah. like he is literally injured right now. He's got a fucking shell in his shoulder and he has just got all the confidence in the world. It's just the exact same thing with Marlo where he's just like, I know I just got out of prison and we don't have any like all of our good guys are gone. We only have Slim Charles and Cuddy left and a bunch of them died. But I'm still going to I'm still getting in this fight. And uh, it just shows their characters very, you know what? Yeah. It's good writing. It's good writing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. The show, um, there's a couple instances in this episode where I'm like, where I love David Simon and what he does um, with this show. The scene where the deacon talks to Bunny, um, he says to him, man, you're like, you're like the blind man and the elephant. And he doesn't actually say what the whole fucking parable is. He, I love that this has got to be the first piece of media that has treated its viewers like adults and is not like, I'm going to tell the story of the blind man and the elephant in full. How many fucking books, movies, TV shows are doing the blind man and the elephant and they're expecting the audience to be like, wow, that's crazy. I never heard that before. <laughs> it's the yeah. most annoying fucking thing I see in in tv and and in media and in this one they're like we're not gonna do that we're gonna assume you already know 
We're mm-hmm. going to assume you've heard about the blind guys. They don't know what the elephant looks like. And they're only describing the tusks and shit. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I fucking, I, I personally love that. I like that. I also think that Avon and Stringer are like the two wolves uh, inside of you. There are two um, wolves in inside. that scene. Yeah, they're, they're fighting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are what what are those two wolves? I've actually never heard the the rest of that about wolves and there being two of them. Yeah, you know, there's two wolves inside of you, so you got to keep a lot of dog treats in your jacket. That's is that just, it? I think so. I'm pretty sure that's the way it goes. That's how it goes. It's about dog. Yeah. Because yeah, I, and then the, yeah. Well, if if the treats are too far from you, then it it's like an alien situation where the wolves <laughs> are just kind of like burst out. So you want to keep them. Yeah, you want to keep them well fed. Oh, yeah. okay. Otherwise, yeah, I shove start... a dog treat up my ass every night just to like keep them, you know, keep them happy. Wow. All right. Well, yeah. today yeah. I learned uh, about lake trout, and I learned uh-huh. uh, that there's two wolves inside of you waiting to bust mm-hmm. out like alien. Like alien. That's crazy, dog. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Well, so that was my favorite scene. Was uh, probably that ending scene. Do we have a favorite scene, a least favorite scene, or something we didn't talk about that you are? desperate to tell me about vince i mean uh, we've, we've we've discussed it nothing beats chinese up them eyes like beyonce sure. yeah that's <laughs> pretty that's pretty, the yeah i did I, so i did also enjoy the uh rural cop like the first thing he says about baltimore is how much the beers cost because that is yeah. a thing that people uh who don't live in cities <laughs> like it's the first thing they go to i can't awesome. believe Cost eight dollars for a dang beer. I had a burger, fifteen bucks. This is quite an episode for like price shock because you you see all the prices at like the corner stores and it's like man, ninety nine cents for a two Mm -hmm. liter, fuck. Yeah, yeah. And then it's yeah, twelve dollars for two beers. (laughs) That sounds nice. That's pretty good. Incredible. That's not not a bad price. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Now in Biden's America, it's you know everywhere is Baltimore now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A world of Baltimores. I do like uh, that none of the none of the convenience store guys keep their tapes like they all have an excuse but it's i think it's really because like i don't want to get caught up in a fucking police investigation totally it is absolutely (laughs) yes it's absolutely like no first of all i'm not gonna help the cops fuck all y'all like all all of the convenience store owners are also armed so they're like no i don't think i need the cops for this yeah no i love that um yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do uh, Robert, do you have a favorite scene or least favorite? Or have we already talked about it. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll go with uh, I'll go with the uh, the Sikhs fucking with the um, uh, with the with McNulty in that yeah. uh, in that scene. Yeah, I think that's probably my favorite. I mean, my favorite scene is is the uh, the 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 machine that they're yeah the Chinese optimized like Beyonce. Yeah, bit, yeah, the identikit machine. I had to pick another one. Yeah. Yeah, it's all very good. Uh, Storylines you didn't get to. Uh, Karketi, he's doing his shit, and uh, oh, yeah. he's gonna run for mayor. Uh, and I would uh, see. I would say my least favorite part of this episode is them trying to make political consultants uh, look competent and valid, which I don't no. think. I think they're they're even worse grifters than Andy Krawcheck in real life. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, this is gonna be the fifth or sixth time I've mentioned it. But it's scenes like that that make me very suspicious of every time Barack Obama was like, oh, I love The Wire. Because uh, <laughs> it's like, why? 
Do you like yeah. it? Which parts? <laughs> yeah, which parts? What what message from the wire did you take from it? Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was, uh, those, those are all good favorites. I would say if I had to give this episode a letter grade, and I do, it's the law. Um, I'll give it a solid B plus. Vince, what would you give this episode yeah. if you had to give it a letter grade? I am uh, legally bound to give it a solid B plus. Okay, well, you don't want to break the law. Nope, and, uh, Robert, never do that. Robert Evans, if you had to give it a letter grade, what would you give it? You know what? I'm going to give it an A minus because it does have one of my favorite quick little bits of Omar. In here, oh, that's right. Where he just like immediately rolls up to Amsterdam and is like, "No, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, like, that's yeah, right. yeah, I don't want any part of this." <laughs> I love that. Yeah, he immediately is like, "This is a mm. trap." Bye. Yeah. yeah, that's instincts right there, baby. Yes, that <laughs> is. You know, the self-preservation instinct in Omar is stronger than literally everyone else on the show, um, and he's also, you know, just the superhero. So you mm. see him doing something correct, and you're like, "Of course he knows. He's the smartest mm. one." So and that is an A minus and two B pluses. That rounds out to what we call that a B plus episode of The Wire and an A plus mm-hmm. episode of Pod Yourself The Wire. Robert Evans, thank you so much for coming on the show, talking The Wire with us. Thank yous. Thank you. Where can we find you on the internet? Ah, you know, I got a podcast. It's called Behind the Bastards. You can yeah. find me there every week from now until the end of time. Until uh, podcasters are, you know, uh, made obsolete by AI who knows how to do dick jokes. Mm-hmm. Finally. I mean, I I think it's just a matter of time. Like an yeah. AI, Matt Lieb, who's yeah. just like, Jar Jar, pussy! free us <laughs> to live our dream working as longshoremen in Baltimore. Dude, I would love mm-hmm. it. I would uh, love it absolutely. to see, to have, like, friends. Mm-hmm who I work with in real life and we lift stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would do anything for that kind yeah. of connection. That's why people I think become cops. Cause yeah. they're like, just I just want friends. some other racist friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so check out behind the bastards, wherever you get your podcasts, Robert Evans. Once again, thank you so much for coming on. We love you. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah. Thank you. Wires. Patreon.com slash broadcast. The $8 tier gets you a shout out in a street name. Vince, we have two names this week. That's right. Two names. All so right. We are actually coming down to the wire, pardon the pun, on, on names. If you haven't heard your name yet, um, you know, reach out to us. Let us know. Maybe you fell through the cracks. But for now, here are our $8 patrons for this week. Vince, the first name is Dave Crossman. Dave Crossman. Crossman. We're going to call this guy BB because I had a Crossman BB gun and it was a great BB gun. Okay. I like that. BB. Dave Crossman. All right. And our second and final name is Rom uh, Zirnov. Zirnov. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. CD, CD-ROM, C, uh, we're going to call this guy Z's Nuts. Oh, that's so good. That, you know, because I was seeking CD, and I was like, CD, he's going to say CD's Nuts. And then mm-hmm. I was like, but no, how is he going to get the Z in there? And then you did it. Yeah. I really, what, that's, yeah, that's how you know I'm a pro. I'm truly impressed with it. Um, so thank you, Z's Nuts. 
Thank you, BB, for, uh, you know, subscribing to the $8 tier and get yourself a shout-out street name. And, hey, you can do it, too. Patreon.com slash broadcast. Get yourself a street name. Get yourself those bonus episodes. It's a lot of fun. Broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, if you come at the king, you best not yes. Hey, where are we? Oh, we're just going to go get some lake trout. Oh, lake trout. That's my favorite type of trout. Oh, no, no, no. I just wanted some fish from Baltimore. Episode... Eight of season three, Marlo has cat eyes and also gets pussy. I didn't try hard with this bummer bee, but you piggy slurp the sloppy anyway. I see a row of the piggy slurping and oinking. They line up at the trough, telling me to sing a wire synopsis music parody. You piggies trying to make my wife leave me. Marlo's men are better, 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 better than. Avon Barksdale gets shot in his shoulder, gets told by Stringer Bell he murdered poor Mar Locust Club pussy with the price on his head. Avon is out of prison and wants everyone dead. Wants Marlo and even Omar buried in the ground. Shamrock bribes a social worker to get Omar found. When I rhyme, it's mostly gonna be about the wire. I'm the greatest. Like if Weird Al liked the wire. Anyway, here's the synopsis. Stringer yells at Clay Davis. Tell Stringer just to trust him. Takes him to meet the faucet. Got a temper, Stringer? Go ahead. Lose your head. Turn your back on Avon. Confess and lose your friend. Avon on the ground. String in his face. Shell in his shoulder. Now it's a toxic workplace. Roll credits. Episode over. Amsterdam. The cops policing Amsterdam are sick of bunny, cannot stand by no more. Specifically, Colocchio calls it moral midgetry, yells at an eight-year-old, cause peanut butter makes him small, and Colocchio threatens him, cause a little kid has never had a can. Of Chef Boy, Every night I talk to God, but he don't say nothing back. I know he's protecting me, but I still gotta watch the wire. In my nightmares, people keep turning the wire off. And I say, hey, what the hell? Why did you turn my favorite show off? And then Vince Mancini comes in the room, and everyone looks like doom, and everyone's going vroom vroom, because we're a car. We're going far, far into space. Space car. We're doing a new space race, bitch. Sucking on dicks is my favorite thing to do. And some people say, hey, are you really? a Jew because your mom's not Jewish and therefore you can't be a Jew too when I say hey have you ever heard of us shut the fuck up you many man suck a dick of eating butts again off the top of the dome I'm doing rappy raps and thinking about flappy flaps and sucking on chrome that's the word for a gun look it up on urban dictionary bitch many men flappy 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 man <laughs> Off the top of the head, y'all, here's the thing about being Matt Lee, it's hard, I work hard and I don't get no reprieve, no reprieve, no leave, no leave of absence, I used to do drugs, but then I got an abscess, an abscess is when you try to shoot up drugs and you miss the vein, it goes into your muscle and stuff, and then uh, there's like a disease that can happen, it's not really a disease, I'm just trying to be rapping, but it's like it goes in, it gives you an infection, and then you got the infection, and it's detection until you see an abscess start to grow and you're like oh no i better get over to the hospital yeah wow 
I should go on Sway. That guy Sway, he does like the, the thing. I mean, that was the best. That was the best thing I've ever done. Uh, I could keep going, bitch. Man, 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 man. See you next week, bitch. Sucky fuck fuck. In my butt with my nutty nut nut. What if I did that? <laughs> on Sway. Alright, bye. All right, Vince. You ready to do this? Yes. You look great, by the way. You too, Matt. You look great. Thank you, dude. <laughs> That's so nice of you to say. You look great. What you a always good, look great. You're a great friend. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.